Hello, and welcome back to the Self Healer Soundboard. Two episodes ago, we explored the topic of the cocoon phase of healing, or the turning inward, a process of taking time and space from our lives and our relationships. One of the comments that we received under the YouTube video of that episode was asking about the process of reemerging or reconnecting. So we thought we'd take this episode to explore just that, whether it's reconnecting after a cocoon phase, after conflict or an argument or any other version of space we might be taking in our lives. Even when you say phase now, I know like many of you who commented back and were listening to that particular episode had a lot of questions. And I immediately think now, well, when does that end? How long is this phase? When does it start? When does it end? When does it begin? And really it's not linear. There isn't a time constraint. There may not even be, likely won't be a clear start to a cocoon phase and then a clear end to a cocoon phase. Everything sort of works in an ebb and flow and cycle as we've talked about grief many times. Uh, Some people break down grief into different stages and not really understanding or realizing that that doesn't mean when you go through a stage or a phase that it's done and complete and we've moved on for good, we sometimes cycle through those stages over and over again, even multiple times within an hour or within a day too. So if you're immediately uh, thinking or wondering about this cocoon stage or phase um, and the process of re-emerging or even entering it, allow yourself to to sort of just neutralize and remove those constraints of needing to have a definitive or clear start and finish or even answer of how to emerge. Everything we're speaking of, as always, is a flow from one thing into the next. I really appreciate, Jenna, you kind of beginning us there and clarifying that and, you know, even expanding this topic of reconnection beyond even a cocoon phase and really speaking to the the same point of whether or not, again, we're taking space for ourselves in a given relationship and maybe we're taking that space after a conflict or an argument, I really do want to, I think what I'm hearing you offer is that wise advice to honor the uniqueness, the individuality, the not looking for maybe you or I here on this podcast to instruct the time when you know it's time for you to to reemerge and really honoring your own journey, that own your own inner knowing of as much as I'm sure many of you honor that inner knowing to be taking the space in whatever context it is that you're taking it, really developing the ability and the self-trust that you will all know ultimately when you are feeling ready. Um, You might feel many different things on top of just ready. You might feel worried, concerned, unsure of what that reconnection process will really look like. But again, really just emphasizing as we always do here, that it is really individual to you. You're the only one who will really truly know when it is that you're ready to begin that reemergence or that reconnection process. And to give a bit of context for those of you who may not have listened to that episode, I think it was episode 44 and it was called the cocoon stage of healing, I believe. And just to wrap that up really quickly, um, as Nicole mentioned, it is that going inward. It is reconnecting with yourself. And what I loved so much about that episode in particular was how, while Nicole and I complement each other very well, we are similar in some ways and very different in other ways. And something we heard a lot of feedback on within that episode was, 
you know, how differently people relate to each of us. I love this, what we call the cocoon phase, that going inward, spending more time with myself, creating, following my own voice, not really connecting with others, Um, you know, not in a negative way of disconnecting with others, but really just connecting with the self and the essence that is me first. And that really all of my life emanates from. So that to me has been a very comfy, cozy, sort of treasured space. And for Nicole, that that stage was a bit frightening and fearful and, you know, had a lot of resistance. And given our different backgrounds, we sort of went into just naturally, you know, why that is and how it was really helpful also to, to gain an understanding and more of an awareness even in our own personal relationship of, you know, what that stage of healing or that going inward looks like for Nicole, how differently it looked for me and how we can then communicate as partners and also understand each other's differences. So overall, that cocoon phase is more just a a going inward, as Nicole mentioned, a focus on self, what lights you up, what needs you have really exploring and getting to know yourself. So to speak to that point, and I appreciate you bringing that up, Jenna, um, not only is, you know, taking space, even if naturally there's this part of me that is yearning for it, wanting it, um, it's very unfamiliar and uncomfortable. And it brings me back to early childhood experiences where I had nothing but space emotionally in particular. And that felt really destabilizing, really overwhelming, Um, When we're, again, having this conversation of space and then reconnection, ultimately, oftentimes, you know, we need space not only through a natural process of of healing in the cocoon stage, but after conflict, right? When our nervous system is activated, when we're dysregulated, Um, I'm sure a lot of you very logically out there, even if you might not be taking that space, have might have heard of the power of taking a timeout when we're going to lose our cool or scream the thing that we don't really mean to say. And even in those moments still, for me, as someone who struggles, is unfamiliar with that kind of secure practice, that confidence in taking my own space, I see that discomfort even in those moments, logically knowing that, you know what, Nicole, you're really going to lose it. You're starting to say things and act in ways you don't mean you should probably logically take space. It's really, really uncomfortable and really difficult and ultimately brings us to the conversation of, you know, reemerging, reconnecting with with the human or the person or the space that we're disconnected from and knowing my own tendency to not want space um, in terms of having a discussion of when, when is it appropriate time for me? When do I feel ready to reconnect? I have to be really aware of that baseline of discomfort because A, not only might I prevent myself from taking the space that I need because it does still feel scary, I might be the person who rushes back in um, to try and have the conversation, to try and re-engage, to try and reconnect. So just understanding, you know, my own baseline of how comfortable or uncomfortable or all of you understanding your own baselines of whether or not you're on my side of the spectrum where space feels threatening or maybe more on Jenna's side where space feels comfortable and safe. Um, For those of us that it it feels threatening, really watching that tendency to either not disengage when it could be very helpful to our healing, to our relationship and the active conflict, or rushing ourselves back into the reconnection process because it feels uncomfortable to, to be separate or to be alone. 
I appreciate how you're breaking it down into a reconnection even after conflict, because if you, whether you can or can't relate to this cocoon phase of healing or whatever you want to call it, conflict is something most of us face in some way, really on a daily basis. And conflict, I think, immediately has this connotation of like, you know, resistance, oh, bad, conflict, negative, keep it away. When in reality, I think conflict is really healthy when you're able to communicate, when you're able to be responsible for your own self and your own response versus your own reactivity, we actually need conflict. Conflict is just a, you know, it is an opposition in some ways, though even that isn't negative. We actually need that to continue on. If everything was exactly the same always and each person and each being was the same, thought the same, spoke the same we wouldn't really have anything. We would all just kind of be stagnant and frozen in time. So breaking it down into this, you know, reconnecting after conflict makes it really digestible. And I think gives us something that each of us can relate to. And even as you're speaking, Nicole, and what I'm hearing for me as we're talking about reconnection after a conflict or after taking a pause with yourself to spend time alone, that reconnection lends itself really to us speaking about another person or reconnecting with a situation or maybe even just reconnecting with the world at large. And every time I hear you say reconnection or every time I use it here, my brain keeps switching it to reintegration because the original connection that we're having and while we're taking that, you know, space of healing or that cocoon phase or taking space to ourselves within conflict or taking a pause away from conflict or a situation, that inward space is actually connection. It is the most authentic version of connection you can have and it's connection with yourself. If you're being present, if you're truly asking yourself questions, you know, wondering what makes you tick, being in your own body, witnessing your own physical emotions and feelings and sensations, even having the awareness that, you know, I'm about to my whistle is about to blow. I'm going to freak out right now. I need to take some space from this because I don't want to react that way. That is a connection with self. So while we are talking about reconnecting after space away, the fundamental and really foundational part of that reconnection is the original connection that you have with self. And this reconnection we're speaking of is more so a reintegration of your own self-connection that is being integrated back with others in the rest of the world. I think that's that's really very beautiful to kind of think of it and language it in that particular way, because whether or not, again, we're taking space to be on our own inward journey of the cocoon phase of healing, or again, we're taking space um, based on something that's actively happening in our environment, in our relationship, what's so incredibly important is to honor the self, the different self that might have an opposing thought, idea, want, or need in that given moment than in opposition, in contrast to the world at large or to this other human that we might be in active conflict with. And really, again, creating the space to discover the self in that way allows then that separate togetherness, that the true meaning of of what interdependence is, where 
Um, I read this or I heard someone speak this metaphor on a podcast and I just loved it where we become a fruit salad instead of a smoothie, where we really honor all of the separateness, right? In our different fruit, yet we enjoy it together in this very, I like fruit and fruit salads and this very delicious, tasty one, you know, kind of entity as opposed to putting it all in a blender and watering it down. So going back to what your, your very wise words of, we want to honor the differences, the different you know selves in each of us, and yet still be integrated together. That kind of separate togetherness is so important because we're interpersonal creatures. We are wired to be part of groups, of relationships, of, you know, in, in collaboration with other individuals. And Ultimately, there is a lot of research um, in developmental psychology that studies relationships um, and attachment or earliest relationships at our core that actually indicates how important this repair is what they call it in the field. But this process of reintegrating that it's not really a matter of how much conflict there is or isn't in our relationship that's going to determine how secure or how healthy that relationship is. It's actually what happens after the conflict? How readily able are both parties or however many parties are involved? How readily able are they to come back together? That's actually much more of an indicator of the security or the health of a particular relationship than counting the amount of conflict at all. Any conversation or thought around repair, again, illuminates that essential need and connection with yourself First, I was giggling as Nicole said, repair, as now I know that's what they call it in the field, uh, <laughs> what I've been referring to as reintegration. And I was laughing specifically, not because that's what they call it in the field, though I love when you come out with your little <laughs> psychologist terms. It was because weeks ago we were watching a show and someone used the word repair. They needed to repair after conflict. And I noted it because I'd never heard it specifically used in that context. And Nicole and I must have been in some sort of growing pains or tiff or something. And Lo and behold, the next day, I've never heard Nicole speak this word before in my life. I hear Nicole, you know, express to me her need for repair. And I was like, okay, I know where this is coming from. And also, I'm not at a stage to repair. Like, I get that that is the, the goal here. We do want to repair, but I'm not there yet. And I appreciate that past Jenna and, you know, the space that Nicole, I don't know how you reacted in that moment, though. We've turned out fine now. So... I knew that I wasn't there yet. I And I knew that only because I was really connected to me. I wasn't betraying little Jenna anymore. I was putting myself front and center. And, you know, in some ways, that was the first time I'd really done that authentically. So it also wasn't comfortable for me. It took time for me to really be with myself and see, okay, Jenna, where are you at? Like, are you okay? Are you being authentic? Are you speaking your voice? What even is your voice? What are you even feeling? What do you really think about this situation? I literally sat with myself and asked myself those questions. Only then did that allow me to really arrive at an answer of, I know I'm not in a space to repair yet or reintegrate in this conversation or in this relationship. I'm still going inward. I'm still taking that pause for me. And I was able to have the language for that. The same way I'm sharing that with you here was likely how I shared that with Nicole then. And I only had that because 
I took the time to create that connection with myself. So for everyone who's watching or listening, keep that really at the forefront of your mind as well, that if you're thinking about now we've sort of turn the conversation about that conflict and repair or reconnection after that, you can only get there if first you have done the initial step and the initial foundational work of actually connecting with yourself so that there is a you that knows your boundaries and intention of what repair or reintegration or reconnection looks like for you. So in service of being transparent, um, while outwardly, um, I do remember that moment and I gave a deep breath and I acknowledged Jenna and, you know, allowed you to continue to take that time and space internally. Um, I didn't feel so comfortable with that. Um, my heart probably started to race and I probably felt some version of angry, of hurt, of how dare you not be ready. I'm ready and you should be right there alongside of me. And again, understanding um, my past and my earliest relationships. And those of you who have heard me speak have probably heard me describe my family as being very enmeshed or codependent. And how that looked in my household is, and I think I spoke to this um, on that episode about the cocoon phase, we spent little to no time separate, alone. I didn't see my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother really taking space for themselves for any reason um, around conflict or not. There was really little space taken. And, you know, because we didn't live in, in a very large home, we spent a lot of time in proximity to each other. So I never had the opportunity to put it simply of seeing a process of reintegration after someone just of their own volition, of their own wish decided to take space from the family because that space never happened. Even more so to complicate it further, the way conflict was handled in my household, um, whether or not they were screaming and yelling, the way my dad reacted in conflict was often angry and there would be yelling. And when my mom was upset or angry, she would do almost a complete opposite. She would remove herself. She would ice. She would actually give the silent treatment. And after whatever period of time that my dad had calmed down and my mom had calmed down, and usually it was differing periods of time, anywhere from hours to days, when reemergence or reintegration happened, it was as if nothing ever happened to begin with. There was no yelling, there was no icing, days or weeks didn't go by, and there was this modeling of life back as normal, of just continuing the dinner conversation right on as if it never happened, as if that rupture or that break was never there in the first place. So understanding for me, A, there's discomfort when I hear Jenna say, no, I'm not ready. I still need space. Well, how selfish of you. What do you mean you're not ready? I, I need you now. Um, and even more so, I had that expectation that not only she be ready, that she just continue on as if it didn't happen, throw her arm around me, tell me she loved me and take me on a date tomorrow. And understanding again, how that was all based, that expectation that I held and that internal reaction that I had was all based in what I was shown, what I was modeled. And again, all of the meanings that I then wrapped around that. And, you know, in that moment, feeling like you don't love me, you know, you don't care enough about our relationship to just go right back as normal. But of course, holding the space as I attempted to do in that moment, understanding that that's not really what I wanted to be doing. I did want to honor her space and probably on some level needed to continue to honor my own. I appreciate your transparency. It is one of my favorite things. And I'm so grateful to one, I think it's so powerful in real time, even that 
cocoon episode, while it was about the cocoon phase, a lot of the feedback we heard back from people and a lot of your comments on YouTube was that it was so supportive and of value to just see Nicole and I in relationship, having our own awarenesses and our own discoveries of each other and what that communication actually looks like or could look like. I think that there's there's just a lot of gratitude that I'm super present to you right now too in having the awareness of what makes you tick and like your background and where you come from. And also that I choose partners that have that awareness of themselves. And I think that is what allows these conversations to come forth in a really transparent and just real way is that my biggest focus is on my own awareness. Nicole's biggest focus is on her own awareness. Nicole, Lolly's fo- biggest focus is on hers. And only when we do that for ourselves, we choose to connect with ourselves first. We are aware of ourselves. Then we have this really strong, empowered foundation and base for ourselves each. And then what expresses outward from there, that's the relationship we get to have. That's where our connection comes from is really rooted in our own awareness, which sometimes means that we're completely unaware. It might mean that our partner or the people around us see something or some consistent pattern or blind spot that we ourselves are unable to see about ourselves because we're so in it. And I have people around me who will help me see that. And I put those people there. I say that because it's not like, oh, well, you know, good for you, Jenna. I I created that for me. That is not the environment that I come from whatsoever. And I was only able to create that surrounding and create the people around me that I have around me because I chose to show up and be that person for myself first. So then the people that I attracted into my relationship and in my sphere are are my equals. They are people who are doing that same work alongside me. And even as you're sharing, Nicole, you know, what that is like for you and the codependency and the enmeshment that was very much your family in childhood. So any sort of space for me, of course, is going to be felt that way and feel very threatening. I have a lot of compassion and even deeper empathy and understanding of you just in this moment because I have to really be realistic and real with myself too that I didn't see repair. You know, Nicole saw repair as we just never talk about it again. Everyone comes back together. For me, no one ever came back together. If there was a fight or an argument, people broke apart and left and quite literally didn't come back. You know, my dad wouldn't return or my mom would be gone or I didn't speak to Jake for seven years. Like it actually just ended. So I keep very close at the forefront of just my own consciousness, that realization and that reminder of little Jenna being like, Hey, remember, like keep an open mind to while you need that space and you know what reintegration or repair might look like for you, start to question that for yourself. I challenge my own questions. I challenge my own thoughts because while I think I might have something figured out, I also never actually saw repair modeled in any way. I saw that you don't repair. I saw when you have conflict, that ends and you move on. And it allows me to have a lot of really compassion for you and for Lolly too, 
being in a relationship with someone like me then who does feel really safe in my own space. I love taking time for myself. I love being independent. And that can easily, if I'm not paying attention, slip into this hyper-dependence where I'm actually in a trauma response and an old coping mechanism where I don't let you back in. And it's really only me who can be honest with myself and say, okay, I still genuinely need this space for me versus little Jen is acting out and is pissed off. And this space is actually just this childish response to keep me safe by completely cutting you out. I appreciate you sharing that as well. And really honoring, you know, back to kind of when I profess from the, from the field, you know, how important repair is. I'm hoping that, you know, some of you out there are, are understanding it now because it's in that process of returning, really, you know, thinking about your own background where no one did return, you know, if that's not really, you know, the embodiment of what some of you have maybe read about attachment theory have heard called insecure attachment. If we really want to simplify it, it's, I don't actually feel like we're connected. I don't have the trust that after, you know, hours, days, whatever it is, that there is a relationship or a person to even come back to. So really understanding a, you know, what did, you know, space look like in your childhood? What was the process? If there even was a process of coming together or did space and conflict mean that there was no actual relationship to come back to? And, you know, really then honoring that for a lot of us, it is a learning process, really teaching ourselves through all of the discomfort of how unfamiliar it then feels to become vulnerable again, whether or not, again, we just decided to take space and we got comfy and cozy in our cocoon, or we took space because we're hurt, we're upset, we're angry. You know, then that movement back to reintegrate or to reconnect can feel even more vulnerable. So in the space for me, wanting to very much sweep it under the rug like I used to do, really understanding that that isn't helpful, that having that vulnerable conversation about you know what happened or my feelings, even sharing that is so incredibly difficult still. So again, really honoring how much of this conversation that we're having about reconnection is colored by those earliest experiences and how so many of us continue, like you're urging, begin to get curious, you know, watch yourself. How is it? How do you feel ready? When do you know you're ready to take steps toward the world or a relationship once you've taken steps away? And again, how do you do so then? What does it look like? What are the actions you take? What are the words you speak? How comfortable or uncomfortable is it? And really being compassionate, kind of referencing back to the last episode that we just recorded, um, learning to how to hold space for yourself as you do walk through the difficulties of becoming vulnerable again and of the process of developing that security in our relationships. And for those who don't necessarily have a lot of childhood memories or they don't have that sort of pool in their mind to go back to, okay, well, this is how it was as a child. So now I see that this shows up in my adulthood. You don't have to have any of that. You don't have to have those memories. You don't have to know. You just have to become present to the current moment, what your surroundings and relationships and habits and patterns are like now. That will show you naturally 
as an extension of what it was like back then. You don't need to remember your childhood to see how it's impacting you now. You can see your reality now, your ways of being now, and allow yourself to open up to, as Nicole's saying, compassion. When you guys are hearing this episode, that will be the episode that comes out just before this. So I think episode 45 is around compassion. You have to have that space of compassionate connection with yourself or otherwise, truthfully, you're going to despise everything you see. You're going to critique it. You're going to judge it. You're going to hate yourself. And you're going to be in that same self-hatred, self-shaming spiral that we you know, subconsciously put ourselves into as children. We denied everything that for many of us, denied what was authentic and true to us, abandoned ourselves and our own needs to seek what we thought was love, to gain acceptance and to gain connection with the people around us because that's what we're primed for. We are primed for survival. That is an innate response to connect, to betray yourself. So as a child, you're not sitting down with your list of, you know, this is my authentic self. These are my needs. This is what makes me happy. This is genuine connection. You're not doing that. Your connection, your love, your needs, you learn that those are things. And then your actual life as a child is the context of that for you. It is the definition of love and connection, whether that was true or authentic or not. And while we're on this topic of compassion as it relates to reconnection. I'm just imagining some of you out there listening who are in, you know, active partnerships or friendships even. Let's definitely extend this conversation around taking space into all of the different types of relationships and really, you know, kind of urging us. And as you, if you tune into this last episode on compassion, we really do talk about how practicing self-compassion really then does allow us to extend that same compassion or understanding to the people around us. And when we're thinking about reconnecting again, I'm imagining some of you listening who are like, well, what if you have a partner who isn't, you know, the person who's being conscious and aware and, you know, wants to show up to the table and understand this and is curious about them, curious about themselves and wants to have these conversations um, to reintegrate in a different way. And, you know, that is a, a very big portion of probably a lot of you out there and really honoring again, the compassionate awareness for what you do know of, you know, your partners, your friends, history and past. Some of that might be able to, or get getting curious maybe about their histories and past. If you don't yet know the details might help you understand why you might be seeing the difficulties in someone. You might see them remain in that threat you know, base state that not willing to even hear someone else's perspective, not willing to even have a conversation. Um, that was very much my mother, you know, not able to talk, my father included, not able to actually have those conversations around repair are the big reason why they didn't for so long. So again, extending that com that compassion or that understanding to those of you out there who don't have partners who are able to hear, you know, how you felt about something or able to have these conversations and ultimately developing that security in yourself and using whatever the person across from you may or may not be doing as simple information. It doesn't necessarily have to indicate that as your mind might be telling you that they don't love you enough, they don't care about you enough, you're not worthy enough of their time or their effort in this context might not be the case at all. They might likely be operating based on, again, what they learned, what had they had modeled to them. 
doesn't, however, mean that you might continue to stay in that type of relationship or you might need to change the dynamics. And that's what I mean when I say developing the confidence in yourself that you can show up to a conversation with someone who might not be ready in that moment or ever ready, and you can still stay regulated. And then again, use that to decide what you say or do next. Or again, if you change the relationship in any way. I think the bottom line really is that you are worthy and many of us, myself included at times, really have such a genuine deep belief that we are not worthy. So of course we can immediately think, you know, if the other person isn't doing all this work and we are, well then, you know, it says something about us when that's us having a thought about them, having a thought about us when really you can just remove all that ladder and say, that's my thought about myself because I am worthy. Nicole is worthy. Each of you watching and listening are worthy. Yet it's often so much easier for us to have what we believe is compassion for another. Like I can have compassion for Nicole's response in certain situations, having an awareness of her background. When even as she was speaking just now, I realized, well, I can do that. And then sometimes I don't do the very thing that I'm up here saying we all need to do, which is give myself that same compassion. I will immediately, I can watch myself sometimes go into that judgment, go into this ridiculer. You should have this figured out by now. You should know how to be present and respond perfectly all of the time. And it's just those little sneaky ways that I think it's, it's helpful, at least for me, even to have this awareness now that while we give compassion to another, we have awareness of another. Immediately we talk about, you know, the relationship with your partner or friend or coworker, and people sort of perk up a little bit more because now we're talking about something that pertains to you, right? It's something that's going to make your life more workable if you can communicate better and have an awareness of the other person. Then suddenly we're interested. More so because we think, okay, this is helpful information. It could lead to a different result and a different result that I want in my life or in my relationship. And we don't always have that same attentiveness or that same interest when we're just talking about ourselves. Because it makes sense too, when we're talking about ourselves, it means us doing the work for us. It means us being responsible. It means us being aware. It does take time. And it does take effort, though any time I'm in a situation or a conversation or environment and I start to feel, you know, anxious or lesser than or even I was sharing the other day to our self-healer circle community, I think on a live event that in on Instagram, I was messaging with someone that, you know, I really admire and they had read my message and they hadn't written back right away. And I was in like full blown sweats and panic. And I watched myself revert back to this little six-year-old Jenna who was probably bullied, you know, kicked out of the cool kids club or was never really in it and felt not accepted. I felt not good enough. Oh my gosh, why isn't this person responding? Am I not smart enough? Am I not of value? Like, I went through this whole conversation in my mind, and this is literally just within the last week. And when that stuff comes up, I immediately, because I'm practicing that awareness every day, I immediately switch on that light of, okay, 
this is an opportunity to be compassionate with yourself. I will sometimes giggle at myself a little. The best thing for me was to call myself out on it, to share it with my community, to share it here on a podcast, because it takes all the power of it being wrong away. If I just express it for what it is, which is just an occurrence of this humanness and what it is to be human, then suddenly it doesn't have all of this threatening power over me. It's something that I can give language to and give words to and realize, oh my gosh, just how ingrained that deep belief is that I'm not smart, that I'm not worthy, and that I'm not loved. And it gives me opportunity to extend that compassion first to myself and focus on me before I'm attempting to fix all of my relationships and my life by fixing another person, which isn't how you're going to get a change result at all. The only person you can ever go to work on or have any real change in creating is yourself. You are not responsible for any other adult than yourself. I love this. So, you know, applying this to this conversation about reconnection, you know, really honoring if you do find yourself a having a hard time disconnecting and again, understanding where that discomfort came from. And then if you are the person who feels compelled to get back and and fix the relationship, you know, as quickly as possible, again, honoring without judgment, that aspect of yourself, because again, likely that came from a time, a place, an earlier relationship and giving yourself the space to feel your way through when it makes sense to reconnect. And also when you do then make yourself vulnerable, gesture, you know, attempt that reintegration process, also honoring the other person and where they might be or not the readiness that they might not have in any given moment. And what comes to mind again is a conversation I was having with someone last week um, when they asked me, you know, well, what if the person, it was around the context of someone was taking distance and the person I was speaking to was feeling uncomfortable with that distance in a relationship. And they asked me, well, what if they're taking distance because they actually don't want to be in this relationship anymore? And that's another reality. Um, the, The reality might be that this person might decide for whatever reason not to re-engage, not to reintegrate into that same relationship. And again, holding that compassion for yourself, allowing yourself the space to grieve that very real loss or that change in that relationship dynamic. So again, bringing this conversation full circle and really urging us all to get curious first and foremost, whether you're in the cocoon phase or you're taking space in your life or your relationships for other reasons, or again, whether it's on the heels of a conflict, getting curious, what is your process like? Do you have one yet? Um, And beginning to understand where that came from and create space for a new way of being, for a new way that allows space for you to explore where it is that you are, um, when it is that you do want to re-engage, and then how it is that that ultimately looks once you do make the choice, again, regardless of what you receive on the other end, and allowing all of your feelings to be present and to be what they are without shame. I was just thinking as you began sharing about that conversation and that fear of, you know, what if this person doesn't want this? And 
I was giggling in my head about how many people I can imagine just tuned out of that. Like, well, I'm not going to go do this work or be authentic or be truthful with myself if you're telling me that, you know, there is a possibility that it's not aligned being with this person or that I'm going to then go through grief or loss or mourning. I can immediately see where we would tune out from that or why someone would. And there's nothing wrong with that, though it's that tuning out and that avoidance of that that has us feel stuck, that has us in the same situation month after month or year after year or even decade after decade for so many of us, you know, suddenly wake up and realize, oh my gosh, I've been doing the same thing. I'm in this same rut and I've been here for 20 years now. Because that newness, facing the truth for ourselves, often meeting ourselves for the first time, is incredibly vulnerable. It is incredibly uncomfortable. It can be really challenging because it's something new. And I know for myself, I I sort of reframe again that, you know, letting go of a relationship or losing a relationship that doesn't really exist for me because the relationship just changes. Even when someone physically dies for me, their essence, their soul, their being is no more here or gone than it was when their heart was physically beating their physical body and their physical vessel has died. They themselves haven't died. Like you know, Jake, yes, his physical body died though. Jake is still here with me. It's the same for me within relationships in my life. Relationships change. And that might mean that a relationship no longer has access or communication to me and seemingly is no longer a part of my life, though that relationship and that connection that once was is still in existence. And while you may see that differently, you could try that on if it works for you. It comforts me and just allows me to expect the unexpected. It allows me to expect and accept the things that I would be fearful of. Or, you know, as Nicole's saying, that fear of this person and being truthful to themselves that the other person may no longer want to be in this with them. Well, If that's true for them, then that's also powerful, truthful feedback and information for you. If that person, any person, is following their truth and communicating that truth, then that's also a gift for you. Because if it wasn't in alignment for them, then it wasn't in genuine, authentic alignment for you. We just get really stuck in And attached to really the idea of how we wanted things to be in our head or the image and the story and the meaning that we've created to go with the story of how something was supposed to be or how it should be versus how something is. So it's also a great reminder and opportunity to accept all that is happening in your life purely as objective feedback. It doesn't take power away from you. You have the power of your choice and how you respond, who you choose to have in your life. You know, it didn't fall on my lap to be in this relationship with Lolly and Nicole and be running the business that I'm running. That was created intentionally. And I chose that. And it meant along the way that I also had a lot of things that I thought were supposed to work out. And I was heartbroken when they didn't. And I always had a deeper conviction and trust 
in a greater plan that if I'm genuinely being honest with myself and authentic to myself and I am listening to and following my heart, then what is meant to be is always going to be. Even if I'm not following my heart, whatever is meant to be is going to be. And this again goes back to and circles back to that connection with self, which is also where that self-trust comes in. A lot of us don't know how to trust ourselves. Well, one of the best ways you can begin trusting yourself is actually just trusting that whatever is happening in the moment is meant to be happening. And there's a lot of treasures and teachings within it if you're willing to actually be present and ask yourself the questions that might have answers that are new, that do make you uncomfortable, that do feel like loss, that do feel like sadness, and then actually allowing yourself to physically feel all of those feelings and sensations and emotions versus you know, pushing them down and running away from them, which is what most of us have been doing our entire lives. I want to expand those very beautiful words and that very beautiful wisdom as it applies here to this podcast. There, you know, is, is a reason why all of you who are choosing to tune in and to share your presence with us as we are sharing our experiences, as we're living into our own questions and doing so, you know, live so that you can view us on our YouTube channel or listen to us on all the podcast platforms. I want to honor um, the, the curiosity for all of you that it took to, to hit play on these episodes week after week and really want to share with you my, my gratitude for this space because it really does provide myself and I'm sure you to some extent, Jenna, the same, this air, the air time to think this through, to, you know, engage with the community. You know, we began this episode with me acknowledging as many of our episodes are coming to the table based on comments, based on a live ongoing conversation that we're all having together within this community. So whether it's what we're sharing in our self-healer circle membership that often very much does mirror what we're going through in real life or what we share here week after week, and then hear from you week after week. And really wanting to, again, honor all of us wherever we are on our journey and to invite you, if you do feel so inclined to, you know, find us on our YouTube page, self-healer soundboard or on our Instagram, also self healer soundboard and leave us the message, DM us if you'd prefer to be private because we are listening. And this is a sacred space, um, I think for both of us and does allow us to have these conversations so that we can all find the space, create the space in our own lives to continue this conversation with ourselves. So as always, we appreciate your time, your presence. We always appreciate when you share any of these episodes that resonate with you, with your loved ones. And of course, those of you who have chosen to leave us review, we thank you. And we look forward to continuing this conversation at next episode.